Are you tired of wrestling with habits that just aren't serving the vision that you have for your life anymore? Today's episode is all about habits, and I'm going to be giving you five foundational steps that I know you've never heard before that you need to know if you want to break up with these bad habits. Last week, I hosted a class in my Facebook group, Revitalized Biblical Wellness, and we talked all about how to establish healthy habits and the three steps that I use to fail-proof my goals. And it was just an amazing class. But today, I want to continue kind of talking about the subject of habits because I feel like there's so much to unpack here, and there's been so many things that I've wanted to share with you over the course of the last six months to a year that I haven't. And so I am taking the opportunity at the beginning of 2024 and talking about habits because I feel it's very important. I know it's important in my life. I see where there's gaps. I see where there's things that I've been doing that aren't serving me well anymore. And I see where there's things that I have started implementing in my life that have started to serve me well. And I'm very thankful that I did it. But I wouldn't have been able to do it if I had not started to learn these new things that I really want you to know as well. So for a really long time, I believed that the reason why I was where I was in life was because of external circumstances and things that were happening beyond my control, that that things that were happening in my life to me um, was why I was where I was and was why my life was turning out the way that, that it was turning out. And in all reality, there was some truth to it, but not much. And I started to realize that no matter what was happening to me or what had happened to me in the past, my past does not have to determine my my future. But then I had to realize that my habits definitely will. So I, for a long time, let my past dictate my future. I looked through the lens ahead of everything that was behind. It was like I was driving forward constantly looking through the rearview mirror, and it really didn't serve me well at all because I just kept plowing ahead, doing the same things that I had always done because of the things that had been done to me and the way that I'd responded to them in the past. And I just kept doing them, even though maybe now I was in a safer place where I was in a different season of life, I kept doing the things that were back there in the last season, semi-serving me well, and really not even that, but that was just the way that I learned to cope. And it was just some things that I had learned, whether it's through upbringing or whatever else it was. Um, But those things could not come with me into my future. And I finally realized that. But realizing it is step one. Figuring out what to do about it and how to actually change those things is step two. And I'm gonna talk to you about that in just a few minutes. But I really realized that I didn't have to continue to look at my past and and think that everything that was happening to me right now was the fault of my past. It was only the fault of my past because I continued to allow it to be, not because it was just going to be that way and that's all there is to it. I had to make this decision in my mind that I am a daughter of Christ. I can do all things through him, right? He gives me strength that I know that I can change who I am, I can also change what is happening around me. I can change how I respond to it. Why? Because I'm only in control of me, right? I'm not in control of all the things that happen to me. I'm not in control of the external circumstances sometimes that come my way. I'm not in control of those things at most times, but I am in control of how I respond to them, what I'm going to do and think about them. And so once I started to realize that it's, it took a, a process, this isn't something happened overnight, but that's when I started taking responsibility 
responsibility for why I was where I was. And I started to seek the Lord and ask him to help me to change and help me to really do the things that I needed to do, but I couldn't quite figure out how to do them. And the number one reason I was failing was that because I was relying on willpower. I was relying on what I felt like I could do in my own strength. And what I just said is so true that I can do all things through Christ, not through myself, who gives me strength. Okay. So yes, I have um, some responsibility to couple and partner with him and to link arms and say, okay, Jesus, let's do this thing. But if I'm the forerunner, if I'm the one that's out there trying to pave the way by myself, I'm eventually just going to fall off a cliff somewhere because I'm not going to really pay that close of attention. And I'm not going to be strong enough. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to hold myself up, you know, and all the things. So I, I have been that way many times trying to do it all in my own strength without Jesus. And I just know from personal experience that it just doesn't work. So I'm hopefully uh, going to save you a little bit of time and some continued pain if you're also being like, yeah, I kind of figured this is me too. And I don't know how to get out of that or what to do. So realizing that your past doesn't define you, but your habits will and taking responsibility for that is important and foundational. And if you want to go back and watch the recording of the Establishing Healthy Habits Masterclass, I'm going to give you a lot more practical things to do and how to really set the stage for your success to break those bad habits or the ones that aren't serving you well anymore and to create new healthy habits that actually stick that are part of who you are just check the link in the description and in the show notes so that you can go back and watch that. And make sure you have pen and paper handy because it is a meaty class. It is really, really helpful. I've got some amazing feedback from the ladies that went through it. Um, but here's what I want you to do if you're realizing that my habits have been defining my outcome, but you're not quite sure uh, what habits those are. So I want you to take a few minutes and just reflect. If you, if you need to press pause or whatever you need to do right now, I want you to take a look at what you've been doing up to this point in your life. <laughs> like what have I been doing on a regular habitual basis? Most of us aren't even aware of, of the habits that we keep. Some habits are so in our face that we realize this is not a good habit, but I'm doing it anyway. And some habits are just like, well, I didn't even realize I was doing that and that that was sabotaging my success. So it is a process to figure this out, but I want you to take a look at what you've been doing and then just decide what needs to go. Like, what do I need to get up out of my life right now? And if you're thinking, oh, snap, Catherine, that is 20 bullet points long of things that I need to get rid of. How in the world? That's overwhelming. Listen, you do not have to start working on all of those things if you have 20 all at one time. By the time you're done with your list, if you're like, okay, this is extensive or even five or 10 can be overwhelming, don't let that overwhelm you and just start trying to change everything all at one time. And then what happens? You quit. Don't do that. Instead, start looking at one thing, one to three, if you're, if you think you can handle it, but if you're like, Oh, this is making me cave, go, go back to one, one thing at a time. What is one habit that you know that you have been doing that needs to go? And then just start working on that and utilizing the tools that I gave you in the establishing healthy habits masterclass that I did for you last week. And also in the podcast episode that I shared with you last week, I gave you a lot of tips and tools and some foundational things that you could start to implement there too. There's a common thread in a common theme. So it's not like a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of stuff, but it is just this very simplistic that almost seems like, how did I not see this before way of establishing habits that actually feel like they belong in your life, that they feel like they're part of you and you're not being overwhelmed trying to implement them or relying on your own willpower. But we start to rely on the Holy Spirit's empowering us to do what we know we need to do for our 
future health, whether that's physical health. I mean, this could be for spiritual health. This is for like, say uh, you want to establish healthier prayer life, right? So you could just start looking at, I want to establish a healthier prayer life. This has nothing to do about food or exercise. This is about habits in general. But I know a lot of people instantly think habits, they think, you know, money and they think food, but this is about spiritual things as well. And the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the word says. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy our time, our health, and our finances. And our health is not just our physical body. Our health is our emotional wellness. Our health is our spiritual wellness as well. And our mind, our thoughts, because the Bible tells us in Romans 12 too, that we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So it's very important that we actually pay attention to the thoughts that we think, because ultimately, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, habits are all because of thoughts that we think, because all thoughts start to create a belief system within us, we start to act on it. And so it's very important to, to pay attention to your thought life as well. But if you don't know what kind of habits that you have in your life that you don't know need to go, if you're like, hey, I know these are the ones in my face, but I'm sure there are others. I'm just not aware of them. All you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit to tell you like, what is it? And he will show you. Just simply invite him in and ask him, what is it that I need to change? And then write it down and ask him to help you. And it's very important that you write it down. Now I want to just jump into these five foundational steps to breaking bad habits. I'm going to start though, by giving these steps to you through my own experience of breaking two incredibly bad habits um, off my life. And the first bad habit was smoking. The second bad habit was being addicted to caffeine. And so there's many, many more that, that I have applied this to throughout my life. But these are two really big, big ones that I was addicted to these substances that I needed to break. And some of you may be like, yes, I'm addicted to sugar. I'm addicted to processed food. I'm addicted to social media, or I'm addicted to XYZ. You fill in the blank. You know what's going on in your life. You know what you feel as though you can't live without, right? You know what you're addicted to. And those were two major substances that I was addicted to. And I was also struggling for a long time. I just didn't realize that this was a thing with food addiction, which just means that I was addicted to eating certain types of foods. Because again, there's substances in that food that was you know, making it like I had to have it all the time. And that's why it's very important not to continuously eat processed foods and fast foods and all those type of things because, and sugar, processed sugar, white sugar, all that stuff, because it's created to be addicting. And so I didn't realize I was a food addict for a really long time. So this really can apply to any area of your life, but I'm just going to show you how it applied to these two areas. So about 15 years ago, I decided that I was going to quit smoking for the very last time. Now, I had tried to quit smoking several times before, and it didn't work. And the really big thing that I realized was that I was just trying to quit cold turkey, and I, I wasn't successful because I had all these ideas about why I needed to continue smoking. And I also identified as somebody who was a smoker. So way back then, I would go into a restaurant, and the very first thing the hostess would say is, hey, welcome to such and such. Would you like smoking or not? Now that's not a thing anymore, but it was for a really long time where you just walk into a place and they would ask you what your seating preference was 
based on whether you smoked or not. So that was like the first indicator in that you were identified automatically as a smoker or a non-smoker. So for a very long time, I identified as a smoker. And so the first thing I had to do when I decided that I was going to quit smoking for the very last time was start to look at it differently. And I didn't realize that I was doing this at all at the time, but like hindsight, I'm going, wow, thank you, God, for showing me this. But the one thing that I did differently was invite God into the journey. And I was in my mid-20s or so, and I just started asking him, God, I really want to release this. I really want to get this off me. I don't want to be bound in these chains of addiction anymore. What do I do? And he just started to show me these really subtle little things that I needed to do first, which started with looking at the behavior. And so this is the foundational step number one, looking at the behavior. The behavior is something that shows up externally. It's like fruit that's on a tree. So picture your life like a tree and you are producing fruit, an apple tree, okay? You're producing fruit. And so the behavior is the fruit that's showing up on the outside that we can all see. And I had to identify the behavior was, first off, I didn't want to smoke anymore. How simple is that, right? Identify the behavior, which is what I just told you to do. Take a look at what you've been doing and decide what needs to go. But it went beyond smoking. So for example, after every time I ate, I that was it. I needed a cigarette. After um, a stressful event, during a break at work, during, I mean, like I had all these times that I could identify that I needed to do this said behavior, okay? And so that's the step number one is identify the behavior. And that's going to be really important for step number two, which is identifying the root reason or root cause of the behavior. And so once you identify the behavior, you need to go look at the reason why. So the behavior is the what. Now we're going to look at step two, which is why. Why was I going to cigarettes? Well, it was because I felt like I had to have them to be calm. Like I had to have them to fit in. I had to have them to be social because everyone around me was a smoker. My family, you know, my friends, everyone that I kept close contact with, the coworkers that I had, we all were smokers. I just felt the need to fit in. And that was just something everybody around me did. And so that's what I wanted to do too. That was a root reason for the behavior. Another root reason for the behavior was just because it was my way of getting away from the world and getting outside. Because anytime I smoked, I didn't smoke inside. I only ever went outside. And then it went even deeper, feeling like I couldn't live without them. There was no way that I can actually quit smoking. And then I started looking at the emotion, which is step number three. What is the emotion attached to the behavior? So I already looked at the what and the why. And now I'm going to start diving into what is the emotion attached to this habit that I no longer want. And the emotion for me, at least in my mind, even though I know this isn't like true of our body when we smoke, like it's not good for our body, it actually causes stress. But the emotion that I felt about smoking was a sense of peace and calm. I felt as though that cigarette was my friend, that I needed it to be okay when things got really crazy in life. I needed it to just disconnect from the pain of what I was living in. And it was just a way of numbing out. So there was a lot of emotion attached. And so I had agreed with all of these things about who I was, which is step number four. Is it an agreement? Looking at the agreement. I had agreed with all these things. I had said, I I am always going to be a smoker. This is just who I am. I'd walk into the restaurants. They'd ask, are you smoking or not? And I'd say smoking, whatever, right? Um, you know, and so the, I identified 
as that person who smoked. If I went into a new a new job and there was a bunch of people and they were asking about me and getting to know me, they would ask, do you smoke? Yeah, I smoke. Yeah, okay, let's go do it, right? All right. So I agreed with certain things. I also agreed with this, this statement that I'll never be able to quit. And I had to identify this huge list of agreements that I had made and it took time and it took sitting quietly with my pen and journal. And I had to just start identifying the agreements that I had made. What agreements are am I making? Because agreements are binding contracts, right? So if you make an agreement, if you sign an agreement, it is a binding contract. And I was a I was binding myself to what I said by agreeing with it. And I learned this the hard way. Like I had to get rid of those agreements. I had to say, that's enough. No more. We're not doing this. This is not who I am. And start to begin to identify as somebody new. And this is the process that I had to go through. I had to start telling myself that I was actually a non-smoker way before I was. I had to come up with a really big reason why I wanted to actually quit smoking. And that was for my children. It wasn't even for me. I wanted to quit smoking surface level superficially because I didn't want to have leather skin and deep wrinkles. I didn't want to smell bad. You know, I didn't want lung cancer. I didn't want, you know, emphysema. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to have to deal with all that stuff. But that was the surface level stuff that I didn't want for years and years and I never could quit. But I finally had this really compelling thing inside of me that said, I want to quit because I want to be here. This is the deep reason why I want to be here for my children as long as I possibly can and, and do everything within my power to make that possible. So if I was choosing to do something that was harming me, which I was, then I knew that I was also choosing to say no to, to staying around as long as I knew that I, maybe I could long-term for them. I was choosing to say no I didn't want to be here on this earth and take care of you as long as I possibly could. And of course, nobody knows their number of their days, but I knew that there were things that I could do that could prolong my life. And then there's also things that we do that can shorten our lifespan. It's been proven it's not healthy for us. And we just, we just know. And I really also didn't want to continue to do something in front of my children and then say, don't do what I do, but do what I say. I did not want to be a hypocrite. So I just start breaking those agreements off, looking at my really big reason why and start to agree with the truth of who I really was and asking God to help me to discover the truth of who I was as a non-smoker and as somebody who could actually walk this out. And then I had to start to think, Step number five, new thoughts. And those new thoughts were life-giving, empowering thoughts, thoughts about my big reason why, keeping that in front of me, and my thoughts about how I was going to do what I was going to do, my thoughts about what it would be like to be a non-smoker, my thoughts about what it's going to, how much it's going to save me financially to not be a smoker, and my thoughts about how amazing it's going to be to not have to rely on that tiny little stick to feel better somehow. It was amazing to start to think these thoughts of freedom, really, like these are the new thoughts that that I thought. And then I had to come up with a plan. And the plan was that I was going to get a coach. I was going to get some patches to support, you know, the nicotine that I need, you know, that I was addicted to, to support coming off of that slowly. And, uh, and then get a plan in place to replace the behavior that I was doing at the beginning of the whole process with something that was a healthier behavior until that became something that just was no longer an issue for me anymore. And so what I did was I hired a coach, I got the patches and I rolled up a Walmart receipt not even kidding, legit, rolled up a Walmart receipt, put tape on the end of it, stuck some toilet paper 
in the other end of it. And I held that little stupid thing in my fingers and I would draw air through that straw, that makeshift straw of a crazy Walmart receipt. I looked like a nut, y'all. I looked like a nut for real. But I did it because that's what I just knew I had. I had to do if I wanted the results that I wanted. I had to make a big, massive change in my life. And I had to be willing to do something different and get a plan in place and start to be able to move forward. And it didn't matter what I had to sacrifice. At first, it looked like I was sacrificing a lot. Even though I knew what I was sacrificing really wasn't a sacrifice long-term, it was actually going to be giving me something, you know, in, in the long-term, like my health back. But for at first I had to sacrifice, you know, going outside and hanging out with my family on the patio at barbecues because everybody was smoking and I just couldn't be in that environment. I had to remove myself from the environment. I also had to deal with ridicule. I also had to deal with some other things that came up. It wasn't easy, but it was just something that I did. And I made a decision that this is who I am. I am no longer Catherine, the smoker. I am now Catherine, the non-smoker free from the chains of nicotine. I'm done with this. It took me about three weeks to be done with the patches and I didn't need those anymore, which is huge because some people it takes longer. And I, I was done. Like I had the coach that I utilized constantly. I would call them once a week, probably for about two months about behavior, about thoughts, about different things that I was thinking and, and, uh, and triggers even like dealing with triggers that would come up. Like, what do you do after you eat? Well, I still went outside after I ate with my little receipt with the toilet paper stuck in the end of it for a very long time. I kept one in my car with me for a very long time. And I looked like a nutcase, but I didn't care. And, and I was done. And I I really was done. I never have touched a cigarette since my mid-20s. I'm now 41 years old. I have not even had the desire. It's pretty amazing. The second really bad habit that I broke off my life recently, now this was just in April of last year, was caffeine. And you may be thinking, what's wrong with caffeine? I love coffee. Now, listen, I do too, okay? I really do. I think coffee is the best. But I had gotten to a point in my life where I was allowing it to control me and I was no longer controlling it. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians, yes, everything's permissible because they were just like, grace, everything's awesome. He's like, yeah, sure. Everything is permissible for sure, but not everything is beneficial. Now I'm, I'm just putting in my own words. He didn't say for sure. Okay. That's just how I talk. He said, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but I will not be controlled or some translations say dominated by anything. Whoa. When I saw that, I was like, hey, uh, I think I'm being controlled and dominated by caffeine. I've rid myself of a lot of other stuff, and this is all that's left. We are getting this out of here. It's going kick to the curb. I'm done with this. So I just started applying the very same things, those five foundational steps that I gave you already to breaking off this control that caffeine, the substance of caffeine had in my life. So coffee is great. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I love it. I still drink it today, but it no longer dominates me where I get up in the morning and I can't live without it or have these thoughts of like, I must have coffee. Like it's the only thing I, I have to have it to sustain life. And I had already broken emotional eating off my life. I had broken um, food addiction off my life with like sugars and stuff like that, processed foods. But this one last thing just kind of hung on, like it just clung to me. And instead of going to the food to meet my emotional need, or instead of going going to whatever else it was, sugar to meet my emotional need. I was 
finding, and I didn't realize this for quite a while, but I was finding that I was going to caffeine and I, and I was just using coffee instead. I had just replaced one bad habit with another bad habit. And that is sometimes what we do. And, uh, and that's definitely what I did. So I asked the Lord to start to help me to release the control that caffeine had on me the same way I had done all those years ago when I was talking to you about nicotine. And I had to repent too, because I knew that even probably about a year prior to me actually doing anything about this, I had heard him start to speak to my spirit about this control that caffeine has had on my life. Like it needed to go. I was relying on it for things that I should never have relied on it for. Like my afternoon comfort, my, I called it a hug in a mug. Well, that's not good. Like it's not a hug in a mug. Like I need real hugs from real people. And I really need to go to the throne of the father with all of my emotional distress and all of my exhaustion or all of my needs versus going to a cup of whatever it is, whether that's a drink of alcohol, whether that's a, um, a piece of pie, whether that's a cigarette, whether that's caffeine, anything, TV, pornography. I mean, you can fill in the blank with so many things, social media that we just completely try to numb ourselves out with. And I have been just on this mission to get it out, to uproot it anything that has had control in my life, it has had to go. And so this wasn't necessarily the most exciting thing I ever decided to do. I'll tell you that right now. I was like, oh man, this is going to be tough. So I knew I repented first and I said, God, I'm sorry that I have just ignored this because I didn't want to hear you. I didn't want to hear it. And how many of us can say the same thing? We don't want to give up the things we love, but those things that we love that we need to give up aren't loving us back. They're actually harming us. And so it's this concept of looking at whatever that is as though it's an unhealthy relationship with another human being, right? If you were in a, an abusive relationship with someone and they were beating you up physically or speaking terrible words over you or hurting you or harming you in some way continuously, you know, would you continue? continue to be in relationship with that person and not do anything about it and not not remove yourself from the situation eventually I, i'm sure that you would and if you if you wouldn't then there's an identity issue there you know right dealing with something that like you don't feel like you deserve to be treated any better than that and uh, and that was a big issue that i had for a really, really long time and that's why i wrote behind enemy lies because i wanted to uncover the lies that the enemy tells us about our value and our worth based on what's been done to us and what we should just put up with because this is all we know and so I won't get into that. I can continue to talk about that for a long time, but I won't. Um, so when I decided to just actually quit caffeine, I didn't just quit caffeine that day. Okay. I made a plan similarly to what I did with the nicotine. I came up with a plan. I put all of these five foundational steps into practice before I ever, ever actually stopped drinking coffee. And I did this to set myself up so that I didn't just make a decision on Sunday that I'm quitting coffee on Monday. And then on Monday, everyone in my family hated me. I had a headache. I felt sick. I didn't, nobody, you know, nobody wanted to be around me. I didn't want to be around me. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sleep like detox and headaches and all that stuff. I didn't want to deal with all that. And I know that that's what happens when we make decisions to quit doing something we've been doing for a long time and suddenly do something else. It 
there's like this big backlash and sometimes it's a physical backlash. Like our, our bodies will respond to it. And sometimes it's a mental backlash. And I just didn't want that. I had already known this is the way that it's going to be. And so I put into practice the exact five steps that I teach in the biblical body plan program. And that is number one, look at the behavior. The behavior was addicted to caffeine. I'm drinking way too much of it and the repercussions of it. The reason why I wanted to get it out of my life as something that controlled me was one, it controlled me. Two, I have high blood pressure. I don't need to be drinking six cups of coffee a day. And there's extra calories in the entire day in that that I don't need because I use creamer. Now I use a, a healthier creamer than most people do. I use nut pods creamer. There's not any high fructose corn syrup in it or anything like that, you know, and there's not very many calories, but still, you know, it's just an additional thing. And I, and I use stevia. So that means I was drinking a lot of stevia every single day that I, I don't need that either, like a little bit. And that's an, it. So I had to look at the behavior first and then do step number two, look at the roots of why I was doing the behavior. So it started with believing that I needed the coffee for social reasons. Like I would drink coffee with my husband while we were dating. That was what we did. I just drank a lot of coffee. Also, he was a very big coffee drinker and I wasn't as much of a big coffee drinker when I met him. And then over time, every time we'd get together, which was very often because we just love being together and talking, it was like, hey, do you want to have coffee? Hey, do you want to have coffee? It always like centered and revolved around coffee, which became the behavior. And then the root of that was that I felt like that brought me togetherness, right? The root reason why I was doing the behavior was for some kind of sense of community. And then also I felt the need to have it because if I don't have coffee, I can't get through the day. Like I had all these roots that I had to look deep down inside and go, what is the, what is the root system that's producing the fruit that's showing up on the outside of the tree? And then start really digging into that. And I give a very systematic approach and a very specific way for how to do this when you go through the biblical body plan program. But I started applying this to getting rid of caffeine specifically, just like I had applied it to my weight loss and emotional eating and all the things that I had done years prior. Then I started applying it to this one thing, caffeine, right? I wasn't trying to change the whole wide world in my life. I was just trying to change caffeine. And so I dug deep, found the root reasons why I was drinking all the coffee, looked at the emotions that were attached to it, which is step number three, went to the agreements that I had made about coffee and caffeine in general. What are the agreements? And then I looked at the thoughts that I think about having the caffeine. And I put all those together, compiled them all in a notebook. I just did this over the course of probably about three weeks. So I didn't just decide to quit coffee and then quit coffee. I started applying these principles that I'm teaching you right now, which is to look at the behavior, the root system, why, the what and the why, the emotion attached to that, the agreements you're making, and then the thoughts that you're thinking that would lead you to step six, which is to actually establish the new healthy habit and break off the old one that you no longer want to do in your life. And so for me, that looked like after spending those three weeks doing that work in my journal and actually writing it all down and looking at it and disagreeing and breaking old agreements and agreeing with the truth and starting to think new thoughts about why I needed the caffeine or why I thought I needed coffee or how I wouldn't be able to quit because then I'm going to get a headache or you know, what if a friend asks me to coffee, then what do I do? You know, just having to go through all of these things in my mind and walking through the process and then setting up a plan for myself where I decided the date that I was going to actually 
go coffee free. But prior to the date that I was going caffeine free, and I mean coffee in general, I didn't just like go to decaf. I just said, no, uh, coffee in general has got to go. Like just, it's just a thing that I'm going to, I'm going to remove from my life. I decided the time frame I wanted to do it. I decided my go day, my D day, whatever you want to call it. And I looked at the time frame. So for me, I did, I wanted to quit caffeine and coffee for six weeks. And so for three weeks, I prepared for that in my journal. And for one week prior to me actually quitting coffee altogether, I started slowly taking away the amount of caffeine that I was drinking throughout the day. So for the first four days of that week, I drank black coffee a whole cup, one cup a day. Now that's a big deal. One cup a day. I went from five, sometimes three to five cups a day down to one cup a day. And that was all I would allow myself to have for the first four days before my starting day that I was going to be removing caffeine. And I just decided I was only going to drink one cup of coffee a day and it was going to be black. It was not going to be enjoyable for me at all. I wasn't going to add any, you know, um, of my favorite creamer and my favorite sweetener to it. It was just going to be one cup of coffee, black, and that was it every day for four days. And then on the last three days of the week, I was going to stair step my way down to half a cup a day so that By the time I got to my starting day where I was no longer having coffee for those six weeks, I was not going to experience so much of a backlash in my body about giving it up. I wasn't going to be like, oh, I have a headache and I'm laid out on the couch forever. But I chose to do black coffee the week before even um, as I did the one cup and then the half a cup because I didn't want to make it enjoyable. I didn't want it to be something that I looked forward to because it tasted so good and it just made me happy, right? I went to coffee because I was feeling an emotional need with it that I I didn't realize that I was doing. And when I went to the Lord with that, I said, okay, it's got to go. I was relying on coffee to get me through the day and to make me feel good. And it just needed to stop. And so this is the same exact process that I teach you for how to break any kind of bad habit off your life in the biblical body plan. And you can walk through these very specific steps to breaking these off in what I call the breath system. And that breath stands for behaviors and roots, emotions, agreements, thoughts, and habits. That spells breath. And we are moving and being because of the breath the breath that he's put into us. He formed us. He breathed life into us, right? Like it's because of him that we have life because God's given us life. And he gave me this strategic system and this program called the biblical body plan to actually change who you are in the process and identify as somebody who is healthy versus somebody who just does the healthy things and starting to deal with the internal baggage and the emotional weight that we've been carrying around with us that causes us to make these decisions on the external where the fruit shows up on the outside um, because we haven't addressed the root system of our life. So he just gave me this really beautiful strategic plan for dealing with limiting beliefs and old mindsets and dealing with our our negative emotions and actually allowing ourselves to, to feel things and to deal with them so that we can heal from them instead of running to all of these outside sources, start to learn to run to the throne of the Father. And how do we do that? How do we hear the voice of God? How do we know who we are in Christ? How do we know how to determine the truth from a lie? How do we know how to do all these things? How do I know what's going on inside my mind even? How do I rewire my brain to work with me and not against me when it comes to trying to be healthier? And I really am a huge advocate for living a whole 
full, healed, and healthy life. And from the inside out, because our external health is an indicator of our internal health most times. Because if we get healthy on the inside, being healthy on the outside is just a byproduct. It's just going to happen. And so we're going to start to do healthier things on the outside because of who we're becoming on the inside and dealing with limiting beliefs and old mindsets. So I've created a guide that's going to walk you through this process at an even deeper level. If you want that guide, just check the link in the show notes and it'll be listed there for you. There's going to be a big list of links. You can kind of just scroll through and see which one you want, see which one works for you, find out some different things about, you know, what kind of resources I have for you along the way in your wellness journey. But one thing that I do have to offer that I know is going to help you so much is the six steps to breaking bad habits guide. And uh, it is, uh, it's called six steps to breaking sugar addiction and any other bad habit that you don't like, but it's not just about sugar addiction. You can really apply this to anything that you no longer want to do in your life, that you're tired of seeing sabotaging your efforts at wellness or efforts at success or efforts at having whatever it is you want in your life that you're not seeing. So I want to just encourage you to get serious about the change that you want to see in your life and start to take action and be willing to actually do something different. So get a plan in place moving forward and actually do something different. Because if you want different in your life, you have to do something different in your life. If you want to see transformation, you have to be willing to change some things that are going on in the inside of you, including the way that you think. So mindset is key in everything that we do. And everything that I teach is based on Romans 12 too, again, which is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to live with a renewed mind to be able to see the world from a Christ-centered worldview versus our own. It's very important. So that's all the stuff that I teach you in the Biblical Body Plan program. I also have a link for you to get the first two videos of that course for free so you can decide whether it's for you or not. So check the links below for all of that. And I hope this episode has been a blessing to you today. If it has, just give me a quick thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're following on the podcast, just make sure that you leave me a rating, review the show today, and share it with a friend. That helps us just to get it out to other people who might need this information as well. So what unhealthy habit? are you going to start dealing with this week? What's one thing I'd love to hear in the comments. I'd love to hear on social media. What is the one habit that you're deciding I'm done with it? It's got to go in your life this week. I'd love to hear from you and I'll see you here on the next one.